0: The psych ward is definitely not a place for me, and it just makes me realize that society is a big psych ward. Like, we're just trying to recover in the best ways possible and then trying to uplift each other in the best ways possible. Mm-hmm.
1: There. My name is Sean, and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives. We almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough, and when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, aren't very good at it. So, one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. Now, If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. Of course, if you have spoken with us in the past, thank you very much. And if you're considering speaking with us in the future, well, I hope you reach out. And to everybody who listens, whether this is your first time or your 100th time or more, really, really appreciate it. As we try to reach more people in more places to hopefully help them feel a little less shitty and a little less alone through these conversations, there's one real quick and easy way you can help us. If you rate and review this podcast, Suicide Noted, on Apple, Apple Podcast, that will help for sure. I don't understand the algorithm exactly, but ratings and reviews are really good. So please take a moment right now, pause this and go do that. And if you'd like to learn even more ways to help us out or contribute or participate, as I say often, check the show notes. There's all kinds of things you can do, including our membership, our group on Signal, volunteering, sponsoring, and speaking. Check it out if that's something you're curious about. We would love to have you get more involved if that's something you think would help. Please keep in mind we are talking about suicide on this podcast and we do not hold back. We realize this is not a good fit for everybody. So take that into account before you listen or as you listen. But I do hope you listen, because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with Christian. Christian lives in Massachusetts, and he is a suicide attempt survivor.
0: Hey, Christian, how you doing? I'm all right. Hanging in there. Good to hear from you. Good to see you.
2: Yeah, man. Are you in Boston? I'm about 20 minutes away. Christian in Massachusetts, wearing a Boston Celtics jersey. Or a sweatshirt. Yeah. What are those paintings behind you? Those look interesting. Yeah, those are just paintings from um, Haiti, where I was born and raised. All right. This is interesting. This is probably part of the conversation. Not
0: really. I came here when I was 10 years old. It definitely affected my PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than the PTSD, I think most of my suicidal thoughts and ideations
2: came here. I've been in Massachusetts for 20 years.
0: In your early 30s? Yeah, I'm going to be
2: 31 in a couple months, so I'm 30 right now. All right, so Haiti, come here as a kid. How did you find the podcast? What you doing looking for suicide stuff?
0: I'm still, I guess, I wouldn't say very much so suicidal, but I still am suicidal a little bit. And I was just looking for some kind of motivation. Um, I was tired of like the motivating TEDx TED talks about suicide, and I wanted something a little bit more sad, a little bit more real, a little bit more approachable. <laughs> I wasn't specifically looking for something that would be sad or on the verge of tears type of thing, but I was just tired of everything that I saw from suicide. Uh, videos or suicide prevention videos. I came across to this because I was looking into suicide notes mm-hmm. while reading a lot of comedians' suicide notes. Like most of my time is spent watching basketball or comedy. Like I don't even have motivation to watch TV anymore. So I just stay on YouTube most of my time or on Spotify, either listen to music, yeah. walks, or just do something about mental health, just to try to get my mind out of the gutter. Um, even though I kind of put myself there. I typed in suicide note and whole slew of podcasts came from about suicide prevention. There were a couple of others that I listened to as well, but yours was one of them. And I really liked the dichotomy that you had between appreciating people for where they are at and just trying to uplift them where they're at. And then just trying to understand their perspective on life and wanted to know why they committed suicide or attempted suicide, rather. So it just, it was good to hear some people would just be like, yeah, no, man, I want to end my life on my own terms, which is where I'm still currently at. I have a couple of fears that I know I can't execute. Like I'm scared of heights, scared of drowning.
2: So I know those two are out of the question. Why okay. did you talk about it, not just listen to it? Because not everybody wants to talk about it.
0: Right. Well, I've been kind of isolated for a long time. I have a good few friends that still reach out to me, still make sure that I'm going to the gym, staying active or trying to do something, even though I just stay in my bed and sleep and eat all day. So I've just been trying to find something to motivate me, to get me going
2: back to normalcy. And talking about it might be something that would help?
0: Yes, yes. If anything, this would be like some kind of a note, or this would be some kind of way to get myself to hear myself in the trance that I'm in. Because the two attempts are relatively recent. I just want to make sure that I can kind of hear myself because I'm making everybody else around me sad. That's interesting.
2: I don't know if I've gotten that. I don't know if someone shared it just in that way before, so I, I find it rather interesting. You said earlier that you watch basketball and you watch comedy.
0: Yes, mostly comedy, not that basketball is over.
2: Are you a Celtics fan? Yes. Your favorite comic? Do you have one? Oh, I do. Kyle Kinane,
0: yeah. just I like his voice, but I have so many comedians that I like. It's crazy to hear that a couple of them fast away from suicide. Jack Knight. Um, He was only 28, Sean killed himself. Brody Stevens, he was in his 40s, and you could just tell that he was just kind of awkward in life, Mm. which is how I am as well. And then Teddy Ray, who's 32. But it's just good to see... People trying to give their light and trying to make people laugh and yeah. trying to make people forget about the worst things of life, I guess, for lack of better words, and just trying to uplift people before they go. Yeah, why
2: did you tell me their ages? I'm curious.
0: I guess just cuz I've been on a rant about so many different comedians that have passed away, so I have a whole slew list in my mind about how many comedians have passed away. I know Robert Williams is going to be coming up as one of the most proud, prevalent ones. But um, I have in my mind, like from Freddie Prince in the history books at 22, all the way down to certain other people in their 30s, 40s and 50s that are fast away from suicide. Are you also a comedian? No. So I have stage fright. I wanted to become a comedian. It was short lived. I had a couple of jokes and co- during COVID, but it it was it was short lived. I'm a wannabe nerd, very introverted person who can't get on stage without having to freeze up in front of people. So
2: that makes it hard to be a stand up comic, I guess. Right, right, uh, right. Look, at any time during our conversation, if you want to drop a joke or two, no pressure. But the stage is yours. At any point, you let me know. Okay? Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying it's an opportunity. It's an option. You don't have to do it at all. When you say you're in bed most of the day or watching YouTube, um, but you also mentioned going to the gym, like, are you, do you work every day? And I'm not judging you. I hope you know that. I'm just trying to get a sense of your life.
0: Uh, No. So work has been kind of in and out for me. I'm just now starting my career nine years later after graduating. So I have a pretty good job waiting for me in a couple of weeks. So other than that, I've just been kind of just in and out of jobs trying to do um, entry-level positions. I'm in the pharmacy industry, but I'm not a pharmacist. Uh, I just have a bachelor's degree. I failed out of the PharmD program. So that's another failure of mine that has been in my mind for a while because I would have been set if I had passed, but I don't blame myself for that too, too much. What's Farm Day? pharmacy doctorate so I right out of the high school right out of the gates I was planned on the six-year course to go to farm D program but I ended up with the farm B which is pharmaceutical business I guess I was just in over my head and didn't really know what to do still don't really know what I'm doing but somehow I got into some form of a research and development job so I'm doing that right now, and it's very entry-level, but it pays the most that I've ever been received. I, I only mentioned the salary because I'm trying to take care of my aunts, and mostly they're taking care of me. I'm back home now. I've been with my aunts for the past three, four years. I've been graced to be at home, to still be able to go back to a home, to call home. Otherwise, I would have been homeless. And I've just been a kid that's grown up in the church. I, I'm no longer an active member of church. I'm not going to church anymore, but yeah, I grew up in a very tight-knit church where it was just all about going to work, going to church, then going home. That's the big thing in the Haitian population culture as well.
2: So you live with your aunts right now. Where Where are your parents? 10, 15 minutes away from me in a different okay. town. Gotcha all right that's kind of nice that you have a kind of family that would take care of each other like that
0: yeah yeah that's the thing There everything's been done for me and everything everything's been taken care of so i don't really have a reason for why i should be feeling like this other than the fact that i had high expectations for myself mm-hmm. and also i've just had like a few bad relationships bad accountability when it comes to the women that i love so everything's like kind of like stems from my bad relationships and bad actions towards the woman that i love i don't know i i have no words or answers for how i behave myself how i've been just reacting or how i guess i melt down i just kind of just spiraled out of control a little bit yeah i haven't been able to recover since then i've just kind of been like hiding out and doing my own thing and not really speaking to
2: anyone all right So when you're a kid, right? And you're growing up, whether you're in Haiti or you're in Massachusetts, are you ever thinking about suicide? No, no. So the only
0: time that I was thinking about suicide was probably some kind of like sociology essay format or philosophy. Uh, The only time I was thinking about it was when I was praying against it. I never really came about to depression until I graduated in 2014, until 2015, when I had a couple of people from the church that were like family to me pass away. Okay. And I saw myself as useless back then uh, because I basically like entered the workforce without knowing what to do or with the degree that I wasn't expecting to get and not being able to be efficient and being able to help out the people that have helped me out for so long. So I didn't start having ideations until I was 22.
2: Okay. That was to freak you out a little bit, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Just to not feel that way and then thinking about ending your life must be, wow. Yeah, and that's what, that's what made me realize that having a community around me
0: really definitely helps prevent that. Because as soon as I left the community at 26, I thought I was doing fine because that's when I first started really drinking and smoking weed on my own. But by 28, I was just having fists by myself and wanted to really follow through with ending my life. I think I was vacillating. Not sure if I was gonna go between buying a gun or buying rope to hang myself, but I couldn't afford a handgun because I was in a different state. So by the state rules, I can't afford the the gun I wanted to in New Hampshire. So I just let it go as is. But my thoughts now still go to hanging or some form of suffocation or using pills in a better manner. Like. I think that's just where I'm at right now with my two attempts. I've had two weak attempts with pills, and uh, yeah, I kind of just want to do better and just want to do things in my own terms, I guess. And I've been given that option now, but I was just—I think it's too little, too late. My mind is made up, and I just want to make sure that I make amends with the people that I need to make amends with before I go and just do what I can.
2: When was the first attempt?
0: The first attempt was at 29, like a year and a half ago. It was like two days after my birthday. But I did not follow through with the whole plan, which was to go in my car and just stay there in the parking lot. My thought process at the time was if I started freaking out, I would have probably been on the floor in the parking lot passed out and I would have been called to the ambulance by the police. So I thought that if I stayed home where my aunts were, somehow I could just say that this was a bad uh, drinking night and I would just stay there and sleep. But it really affected me a lot worse than I thought. And I was losing my motor skills. My eyes were spinning. I was basically crawling on the floor to the bathroom trying to throw up and I was dry heaving. I think I started throwing up blood. So that's when they were like, no, we're, we're taking you to the hospital. I was in the- ICU for a couple of days
2: unconscious. So the doctors knew what you did, I assume. Yeah, I told them right away. And so that means your aunt and other family members, did they find out? Yeah, my aunts found out
0: rather quickly because both of them were there. And I'm assuming my whole family found out afterwards, close proximity of my family. And then I ended up telling maybe about three, four or five friends. I'm a pretty open book. I'm not as ashamed of it as I I thought I was going to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, the attempt was rather weak. I tried again at age 30 with prescription pills thinking that was going to be more efficient and it was actually worse. And I just didn't feel much. I wasn't even in the ICU the second time around. So I've been in the psych ward three times total and I have two attempts.
1: The
2: people that learned about your first or second attempt, you know, family, friends, whomever, did they know how much you were struggling, the, the degree to which you were struggling, or was it out of sort of?
0: Uh, no, no one knew how much I was struggling. I mean, I I had fits where I had told, I kind of like freaked out on cousins where I told them, that like, hey, I was going to take a gun and kill myself, even though I didn't have one, but that's how I felt at the moment. And that was after a smoke session. Smoking weed? Yeah, after just smoking weed. I had moments where I would tell people that I love them like, Hey, I'm suicidal. I just don't feel like I, I don't like, I can keep going or like, I I know I need to check in and probably go to the psych ward, but I just don't know. I just kept saying, I I just don't know. But that's, that's how I've been for the past, I want to say five to 10 years. or So I've just been trying to do it on my own. And it got to a point where I just said, fuck it. If, people are going to find out that I passed away from an overdose. I might as well start talking about it because that's the last, I guess, the last gas, the last hurrah if you want to get better, if you, I think for me, I have to get myself out of depression. I have to talk it through. I have to talk about it openly and I have to want to go through the process. So there's the process of talking to people that I love that I have been avoiding. So I've definitely been avoiding that accountability factor of wanting to make amends and move on to my life. That's the last part that I think I need to do better at. I don't know. I've just been in my own head for too long for the past decade. I kind of just wanted to end it. So that's where I'm at with things.
2: Yeah. From what when we're talking, it sounds like sometimes you're saying stuff where you're like, I need to do this to get better. And then other times you're like, I'm ready to check out.
0: Yeah. So that's that's where my, I guess, ADHD kicks in and my bipolar depression kicks in along with PTSD. So there are times where I want to do better and I, I know I need to do better, but then there are just times where I'm just running away from the pain. I guess to an extent, this is where people view as selfish. This is where I jump off the deep end instead of handling it like many others handle it. And they just push it down and just keep going about their business. Or they just use some form of coping mechanism that is healthy Mm -hmm. instead of just drinking and smoking, uh, which I've stopped. But I just don't have the same motivation or the same strength that many others do. I'm just
2: a little bit too sensitive, which is a blessing and a curse, I think. Right. Yeah. I think if you're a smoker and a drinker and you stop, that must be pretty challenging. So good for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just my body is not reacting to to the same effects the way pre-attempt it, it used to. So it's just not even worthwhile to, to drink. I still drink occasionally, but I, I, I've limited the amount of shots that I can take. I... Can't smoke more than a couple puffs, so i I rather just dead that completely because it's not worth it.
2: All right, so you said you've tried twice, both with pills. You were in two hospitals and then three psych units. Mm-hmm. Psych units all after the first attempt?
0: Yes, I was involuntarily put in after both attempts, and then I went in once by myself when I was just too depressed. Same hospitals? Same, Same hospitals, hospitals. Yeah.
2: Uh, How were they for you? I mean, I know it's a big question, but.
0: It was all right. It felt like a resort at at times. It just felt like it was a place to recover. I was surprised by the amount of people that were there Mm -hmm. and the different range of people from ages and I guess, careers that were there. So many people friend, like, people that are healthcare professionals that just they were like, I need a fucking break. And it was during COVID, too. So I saw a couple of nurses there at the time. I was like, I, I understand. I understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not in your shoe. I, I'm not a nurse. I'm not a healthcare provider, like, the way I wanted to be. But I completely understand why you're here. Other than that, I want to say that I, have a, I had a couple of roommates that were a little bit, loopy that scared me that would talk to themselves or agitated to the point of acting out certain things and certain scenarios while they were in the psych ward and trying to break out of the psych ward so that's what stands out for my three attempts to just seeing that and trying to be there and recover and just be as calm as possible. There was there were some lunatics there. There were some <laughs> people that were a little bit on, on, on the other side of the edge. So the psych ward is definitely not a place for me and it just makes me realize that society is a big psych ward like we're just trying to recover in the best way as possible and then trying to uplift each other in the best way as possible but with the activities there it just makes me realize that i just have to appreciate and be more grateful for what i have and that's what i'm having a hard time doing
2: mm-hmm. is that is the haitian community in that area open to talking about these things
0: so i think that's a good question it's very taboo to talk about suicide, especially when we come from a church background where God fixes everything. So definitely no, but yeah. I think I put that on myself a little bit too much when I was younger. When I was in my teens and going to my early 20s and I was starting to fail in school, had a also a pretty bad injury where I lost my left eye vision after my freshman year. I basically started to unravel a little bit, but I kept telling myself, like, no, this will get better through prayer. This will get better through prayer. Meanwhile, family members are trying to reach out to me and tell me to start taking medication or go to therapy. So I was the one that was kind of being stubborn. And I'm doing that now. And in retrospect, I'm not sure if that would have helped a lot. But the way I was i guess molded and formed when i was a when I was a teenager definitely made me stay away from suicide prevention for a while so
2: as we speak right now are you suicidal
0: as we speak right now i'm not i feel like i'm I've been very coddled and I've been helped with my medicine Mm
1: -hmm. and I've
0: been helped with um, the therapy that I have, have. And this, this is therapeutic to me as well. So I thank you, but I don't have means to end myself. So I don't have that wherewithal to say that I am suicidal. I feel like taking pills again with alcohol would lead me to the same place, but I would not have the end effect that I want to So by me saying wanting to end is what scares a lot of people because they're like, all right, fuck it, we're going to do this again. This is the same cycle that you're in. I don't really fully know myself, but I think I need to, I guess, up the ante and try to go for some kind of rope method, which I'm not familiar with at all. I'm legally not able to afford uh, a handgun because of, the involuntary psych
2: ward visit it's not about affording it you're not allowed to have one period not allowed to have one yeah the question i actually wanted well i wanted to ask you how you feel in terms of like suicidality have you changed your feelings about god because just a few minutes ago you said I, i don't know the exact words but god will fix me i would assume god doesn't fix people and then let them think about ending their lives
0: well, yeah, God doesn't, we, he still gives us free will and doesn't control our every thought. So I still believe, I still believe to an extent that there is something waiting for me on the other end. And I guess that's part of my growing up in the church where I feel like my punishment is deserved if there is a hell fuck it. I deserve to be there. But I feel like hell is a grave and hell is just a moment of complete respite. And you don't actually go into fiery burning pits of blizzards or whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah, I've definitely lost faith in in God or definitely lost faith in Christianity. I, I understand how it can help many people for those that grew up in it and that stay in it. But for me, I've kind of just lost that faith to be honest. I still put it on front every now and then, and I still pray, but I feel like that's just to meditate and just to kind of get myself out of the funk that I'm currently in. But I don't go to church. When I do, it's either to see um, family members or just to hang out with certain people that I haven't seen in a while. But I don't go to church for the same reasons that people really go to church to uplift themselves
2: spiritually. I bet a lot of people go to the church for the same reason that you go to church for, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think you're alone, but so you you start a job in a couple of weeks that is probably like you have to go to a an office,
0: uh yeah, I go to a pretty pretty big office
2: and working overnight. Oh, okay. You're going to be that shift. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's tricky, isn't it? Or does that work for you?
0: It is tricky. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do it. I've been kind of sleeping during the day and trying to be
2: awake from eight to four just to get
0: myself acquainted with that. But I know it's going to be tricky for sure.
2: Just imagine if you're living a certain way for a while, whether it's like drinking, drugging, hanging out, just You know, in bed, watching YouTube, whatever you're doing, switch it on and switch it off is it's hard.
0: It is. It is. That's why I feel like I'm just I'm still taking I'm prioritizing my health first. So if things don't work out with this job, I'm just gonna keep going. But I'm trying to focus and this has kind of woken me up a little bit because this has been the best job that I've had and it kind of opened the doors for many other possible jobs that would be like mid-level instead of entry level. Yeah, it's been a blessing.
2: I often ask a question around what's it like to be alive after wanting to not be alive. So I don't know if that's the moment you realized you weren't dead or sometime after that. Do you recall what that feeling is like or even ha- as we sit here today?
0: I woke up to a nurse telling me that I was going to starve when I get there. and She was vehemently mad at me wow. for some reason, but I I wasn't mad that I was alive. I was just... just lost for, I was unconscious for a couple of days. I didn't remember that family members came to see me. Didn't remember that I was hooked on an ICU table for a couple of days. So I was just more so lost and just trying to recover. I think the second time I was more mad that the effects didn't kick in the way I wanted to, because I thought that the prescription medicine would be more effective. I took less amount of pills and I also drank it with wine the second time, as opposed to liquor. So I did definitely did not do myself um, justice with that. But I think both times I just wanted to end the moment of pain that I was in. But I didn't necessarily necessarily want to die. Otherwise, I would have reached out and maybe put a sock over my sock over my mouth and taped it shut, and would have lost complete motor skills. But by that way, would have suffocated, or I would have done something else different. I don't know. I keep thinking of trying to strangulate myself, but it's just that pain, that sh- that level of pain is just um a little too much.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you're trying to get out of pain and causing more pain is a weird situation to put yourself in.
0: It really is. It right. really is. The more the time goes by, the more it makes me realize that I'm not as suicidal as I think I am.
2: If I gave you, uh, for some reason, I want to make this color of this pill purple and pink. I don't know why. Um, I say, Christian, I'm going to give you this pill tonight. You're going to take it and you're not waking up. Would you take it tonight? Yes. All right.
0: I would ask first, like, what, what does it do and how much pain I would be in before I would end it. But the answer is still yes.
2: Taking away pain. That's not part of the equation, right? Taking away those other fears. And it's guaranteed to work. The things that tend to get in people's way when they want to do something like this, but they don't want to be in pain, or that it might not work, or other things, just to sort of say, "Hey, is this something you would do?" And that's that's the thing. I'm I'm
0: scared to to try a lot of the things that are out there that would be more efficient. I'm scared to do street drugs. I'm scared to go near fentanyl, even Valium. I'm I'm scared to to actually go through with the right concussion that can get me out of here but that's the thing i'm not i'm not so much of a pharmacy guy after two years of failing out i realized that i don't have the wherewithal to to go through with um the right concussion so if i knew the right concussion right away i think i would have gone for it i i know of a couple but it needs prescription and i don't have that set prescription
2: yeah it could also cause such other problems out that's the thing
0: yeah, that's that's what I'm. That's also what I'm scared of because it can right. cause a lot of memory loss, which has happened to me. A loss, a lot of seizures and a lot of sleep apnea, a lot of un- uncontrollable factors. I'm not trying to do that a third time and wake up. Just have to go through being restricted from doing what I can do because I'm on the grace of my
2: aunts and family members, and I just don't want to ruin that. I know you'd mentioned a handful of friends and, and some family that are, that are supportive, but I mean, like, do you have like day-to-day people to talk to about difficult stuff? I do.
0: Other than my therapist, psychiatrist, I have a couple of friends that reach out to me to say, hey, if you're going through it, I'm always here for you. You You're not alone. So it's just me choosing not to burden them with that same conversation because I've had like two, three hour long, sometimes five hour conversations with them. We've gone to gym. We've had smoke sessions afterwards. I've tried to calm down. I feel like we is the most effective method for me, but I just I've it's caused me
2: to isolate. So I prefer to just be by myself while I'm going through this. I guess when I ask that question, I'm not I'm not pointing fingers at all, right? Mm-hmm. So when I say you have people to talk to, I know the answer is yes. But for me, in my own life, when I don't want to talk to them, I guess yes, I have people, but I don't. There are people around who I can maybe call, but if i if I end up never doing that or rarely doing that, it's not on them when I say I don't have people to talk to. I'm not pointing a finger at them saying they should be different, but there's right. no one to talk to because for whatever reasons, I don't want to talk to people.
0: Well, there's no one to talk to because i've I've chosen to kind of alienate myself from people. There's a reason people alienate themselves. do you know why? Part of it is embarrassment. Part of it is, I guess, being ashamed of trying and being ashamed of previous actions that have led me to this thought process. So just... Yeah. So many meltdowns that I've had that just kind of, I guess, are part of depression, but I can't put it all on depression. Some of it is just my lack of good judgment and character. If you had seen the way I reacted and you were like, yeah, no, this guy is kind of on point with it, I just... I've been hard on myself for uh, however long I can remember. I thought I was going to be someone that was going to be one of the greats. When it came to philosophy or psychology or sociology, that's how I grew up to be. And then, I guess, having to go to a different college degree or a different career route, um, I thought I was going to be like some kind of despian, some kind of writer in psychology, my biological father is a professor and a writer and i thought i was going to follow his suits but i ended up going to pharmacy because i had to because i was told to and i failed miserably and i think i've been spiraling out ever since then Mm. my family is great my support system is great i've been surrounded by a lot of greats is why i i said that yeah i mean i've i've completely fallen short i'm only 30 years old but yeah it's just i kind of just want to end things before they get worse type of thing yeah. so i'm just i'm simulating
2: a lot and it's not it's not doing myself justice no man but what you're saying makes sense to me i got it. do like just the idea that you didn't do it you didn't make it
0: yeah, I didn't I didn't make it. I didn't I didn't reach the threshold I wanted to reach, but it's not even that. It's I don't wanna sound like a entitled uppity person that didn't re- reach it and it's the end of the life their life. It's just that I feel like so many people end their lives in their mid forties and fifties. Yeah. My question, I guess, to them is why not earlier? That's just as gruesome as it gets, rest in peace to your friend. Um, recipes to so many people that have passed away before it just makes me so sad to think that people go through it and they think about it but then they wait for another 10 to 15 years sometimes 20 or 30 and then they end their lives miserable in their 60s or 50s 40s earlier which is really still young but i don't know i'm in the mindset that if you're gonna go through with it and if you have made amends with yourself and are lying in the bed that is suicide and you've come to terms with it, I feel like the sooner, the better.
2: I, I mean, imagine everybody would have a different answer for that. So, you know, yeah, it would just be case by case. Well, if anybody's hearing this and I, I'm curious, let me know. Or let Christian know to answer that question.
0: Right, right. Right. And maybe I sound a little bit too sad or too dark with it, but um I don't know if it's waiting too long. I feel like this is just processing my depression and sometimes it's a little bit too upfront, too honest. But I'd rather just say that there are people like me going through it every day and they're thinking about it, waking up with this daily suicidal thoughts. Yeah. But not having a way out. Just trying to go through life and trying to be less miserable. Trying to bring less, I guess, darkness into this world. Try to find a way to get through it is how to go how to go about things.
2: It said earlier that you were, you've been diagnosed with PTSD and bipolar? Yes. Uh, and you take meds for that? I do. That must be challenging to manage.
0: It is occasionally because occasionally I talk to myself randomly and it's just something uh, I just don't have as good of a filter as I used to before I attempted suicide. So yeah, talking to myself randomly during the day is kind of weird. <laughs>
2: When you do it in front of other people, especially strangers, they think it's weird. I don't think it's weird, but...
0: Yeah, just, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to play
2: it off and be like, oh, no, you don't know that song? Like, just, no. What <laughs> oh, about you know the song thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, You, yeah, you know, yeah. These, these days, you can't even see if someone's talking on the phone. It looks like they're talking to themselves. So you could play that off, too.
0: That's why I put my hood on all the time, because I can just pretend that I have headphones or some kind of earphones in, in my own world. What are you saying to yourself, Tino? You know? Um, I'm just repeating like previous conversations that I've had with people, people that have passed away, just talking to myself about how I could have done things better. Oh. Just thinking a little bit about the past and I'm stuck on the past. So sometimes those thoughts just come out. I don't even realize it and I'm like mid sentence and and it just kinda blurts out. Yeah.
2: Have you lost anybody to suicide?
0: I have. I wasn't really close to them. I guess more friends that are that were suicidal but have persevered, more so than the people that have passed away from it.
2: That's an interesting choice of words, persevered. Because a few minutes ago you said, why don't people end their lives sooner?
0: I I know people want to I guess go through life or leave some kind of legacy, just live, live life. Just take it one day at a time and try to get better with, with time. Yeah. Uh, I just have too much going on in my head at once, as you can see, as you can tell, and I'm just not really formulating it well, but um, I think persevering through the tough times and seeing it through to see what can come of the other side is is worth it it that
2: takes happens. a lot
0: of faith it takes a lot of believing in something that doesn't really seem to be forese- and foreseeable future it doesn't seem to be true it doesn't seem to be real it doesn't seem to be attainable but it's there
2: mm.
0: it can be had it just takes a lot of perseverance and strength to to get there
2: yeah what will they say about christian when he if he should take his own life
0: he was a nice guy who just got in his head a little too much. He was a very giving person when he was in his twenties. He was a churchgoer. He was a very, he was a man of faith. He definitely tried to help out a lot of people when he could, but he just fell short and battled with depression the long the longest he could.
2: Nothing about the Celtics in there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man we're one game away from making history yeah down 3-0 yeah no nothing in the Celtics in there I, I'm a Celtics fan but um I don't see us winning the championship anytime soon I think it's just part of Boston sports we're so spoiled with championships that when we fall short we got to realize that like hey hmm. this isn't the end of the world there there's gonna be another season we're gonna trade for another player that's gonna want to come here we're mm-hmm. championship city. It's going to be
2: all right. So a healthy Sixers, a healthy Bucks, a healthy Celtics. Celtics can go through, um, and they beat whoever that you think they beat this year's Denver squad. One thousand percent. You're not entirely objective, but that's I, I man, I man, That's a fan. <laughs> that's cool. I only have a couple more questions. Appreciate appreciate uh, you you talking and being so open. You had mentioned something about a girl. Yes. You didn't say girl. You said a love. I made that assumption. I could be wrong with that assumption, but there was a- Uh, I mentioned
0: women. I mentioned women. There were a couple- Oh, you
2: did. I'm just curious to see how, if at all, that's connected to this larger conversation about uh, suicide.
0: It is and it isn't. It's just, um, we parted ways and that was fine. It was just someone that was feeling me once upon a time and I just kind of didn't- take it as seriously as I should have. Being in my rebellious phase when I was drinking and smoking, I was a little bit too focused on myself. Too focused on myself, I mean, I was a little bit too much of a playboy and was trying to do too many things at once. Um, (laughs) Wait, when you say do too many things, you mean too many people? I was definitely trying to talk to too many people at once yeah. and I definitely um regretted. I didn't know that the person that I, that cared for me the way she did actually liked me otherwise I would have I would have tried to do something different and it wasn't something that should have been as as bad as it was. I guess I was just overly sensitive about the whole situation and yeah, realized that I I fucked up. I fucked up. There's no way to getting it back. And so if anything, it's just redirected me to wanting to take my life seriously. If there was to be another person to come forth, there's just that you you only get a type of woman like that once in a lifetime. I feel like I evaded fatherhood because I wasn't ready. I evaded a lot of commitments because i wasn't ready but you're never ready you just kind of have to throw yourself in there and just fight for it with love and commitment and i just didn't have it so i guess that's where i fall short i hope that the people that i once loved that may or may not hear this understand that it's completely my fault and not theirs that i'm just trying to work on myself the best way possible get back out there again once i'm ready you almost sound like an athlete who's been injured in the way <laughs> I've literally said I'm like my inner child is like a wounded soldier. Um, I'm not an athlete by any means. Uh, I just have the frame of it, but I'm definitely um, trying to think of it like an athlete. I'm what? trying to think of it like someone that's gonna be here for the long haul, and uh-huh. that's just recovering honestly. Other than somehow landing in a different state and unfortunately finding my hands on a handgun. I don't see myself going through with any other forms of suicide. I might as well just stick around and be here for the long haul. Okay, yeah. Trying to think of the future, trying to think of positive influence, and that's, that's, that's what I have, I guess.
2: Just so you know, though, because you've been sharing some different things, too. Like, I think what people want more than anything, which you've been offering, is just honesty, right? I don't like a world in which we always have to candy coat things, and it's going to be okay. Like, sometimes it's not okay. But I'm glad to hear that you have some hope. I suppose that's the big thing here. That's what, how you feel. Are there any myths around suicide or, or mental health or whatever myths that you want to uh, discuss or dispel?
0: Yeah, I feel like debunking the fact that people really think that it is selfish is definitely something to talk about. Um, A lot of people say committed suicide when it's really, it should be died by suicide. Like this is really an illness that takes your mental away and takes away a lot of your cognitive skills. And it does definitely hurt a lot of people that are usually good at talking through and explaining what they're going through. So it definitely takes away their um, rationality and depression sometimes can lead to to suicidality. So definitely taking away the fact that it's a selfish act is what I, I would debunk. Yeah. I, I I struggled with that for a while, but it's making me realize that no, the way I'm like going back and forth with myself, and like one day I'm thinking about this, the next day I'm thinking about that. I'm, like I'm definitely I'm definitely in the trenches for this. I'm trying to go through with it, I'm ten toes down, trying to go through with it. But I'm definitely in the trenches with this.
2: Mm-hmm, for sure. Is there a question you think I should ask that I don't ask or haven't asked?
0: No, no. I think you covered everything.
2: Um, I hope I wasn't too gloomy. Honesty is honesty. I assume that's what people want or they won't listen to the podcast. Right,
0: right, If right. they can't
2: handle gloom, this isn't a good fit for them. And look, I know if we talked next week, maybe it would be a little different. People are in different moods and you can't always predict precisely, but the idea that there's a right way to do this is, isn't is accurate other than honesty, you know? No bullshit. What's like a day like for you today? You just going to chill?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to wait for my mom to get back from church and probably go pick up my meds, go for a walk, just chill. I usually just stay home, listen to some comedy, or watch basketball highlights or just interviews and just relax until yeah. i get to we're back to work
1: well i hope you uh enjoy that christian oh well, yeah no thank you so much for
0: that
2: yeah man thanks for talking i really really appreciate uh connecting with you and you uh you sharing the stuff with me and everybody else who's gonna hear it so thanks
1: man appreciate you Sean. thank you so much all right take thanks care christian time. bye as always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Christian up in Massachusetts. Thank you, Christian. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted. And of course, check those show notes to find all kinds of other interesting things, including our membership site, opportunities to volunteer, ways to hire us, our group on Signal, and so on. Appreciate your support. And that is all for episode number 173. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I will talk to you soon.